It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. This is week three in the month of July, and we are in our series called Feeling Stuck. Now, I am loving this series because I will tell you, I, for one, have spent many, many hours, whether it is right before I fall asleep or while I'm drying my hair or walking down the street and I have a decision to make and I'm constantly like, God, is this you? Is it a yes or is it a no? You know, there are some decisions in life where it's a clear yes or it's a clear no. And there are others that we really need to dig in to find out with clarity from the Lord what he would say for us to do. And I'm so grateful uh, for a time with Deb's dad a few weeks back when he talked about the five W's and how that really helps us to know which way to go. But we are given the gift of the word of God to guide us when we have decisions to make. We are given godly counsel when we have decisions to make. And there are so many other ways that the Lord has given us to know what we are to do when decisions that we have in front of us don't really seem to be quite so clear. Laura, it was, I would say about a month ago that I can remember exactly what I was doing. I was getting rounding the corner at the end of my driveway, walking my dogs and you and I were uh, FaceTiming, I think it was. And I I mentioned, I said, oh gosh, Laura, this summer we're going to be half down the shore, half up here. And I'm walking past and I think I turned the FaceTime around so you can see the end of my my, uh, driveway. There's two garden beds that have some plants that come up every year. But for the last, I don't know, 10 years, I've planted these little, um, I think they're portulaca or something like that, that they're small and then they spread out, but you have to really really faithfully water them in May and June before they explode and take over the the garden. And I looked at you and I just said, Laura, I just don't have it in me. Like, I don't want to plant something that I'm not going to be here to take care of and, and tend. And right there, you and I both looked at each other and were like, wow, does that speak to life? You mm. don't want to plant, don't, then you were like, Debbie, don't plant the flowers. Don't plant the flowers, Debbie. You're not going to be there. <laughs> and I just looked at you in the FaceTime. I'm like, thank you. Yes. Thank you. It makes no sense. Just because I've done it in the past doesn't mean I need to do it again. If I'm not going to be here to water them, why would you spend the money to plant something that will never make it? That's right. You can't plant which cannot tend, Deb. That's and right. I only said that to you. And I remember even laughing when I was saying it to you because I've lived it. I've lived it. You know, I've tried to plant flowers in places where I don't really live anymore. And those flowers definitely did not have the long, healthy life that they would have had had I actually been present in that place to take care of them. I learned from my mistakes. You know, flowers are expensive. They require a lot of care. And I certainly don't want to be uh, planting things that I can't tend anymore. And so, yeah, I think we're learning a lot of life lessons as we go through this series together, Debbie. Oh my goodness. Uh, Just practical stuff, flowers, spiritual stuff. I love how God uses the stuff of life to teach us deep spiritual meaning. Because it goes far beyond gardening. I mean, we've been talking about, you know, how to make uh, decisions, right, in our lives on what to say yes to, what to say no to. And it's hard when things, you know, it's hard when things look good. They all look good. Is it wrong for me to plant? flowers no is it right for me to plant flowers sure is it what he wants me to do 
Yeah. Right. That's what it comes down to is with the five W's, God, do you want me to do this right now? And I, I think in our lives, what are we planting in terms of commitments, you know, mm-hmm. that responsibilities that will say, yeah, I can take that on, you know, sure. I can, I can add that to my calendar. I can put that on my agenda. And then we look back and we're like, I can't keep up with the investment. It's too much. I don't have enough um, finances. I don't have enough time. I, I frankly, I don't have the same amount of energy I used to. And it's yes, all yes. a commitment. <laughs> and we didn't really think about what is it going to be like in a month? Will I still be able to tend to what I said yes to? And look, plants are one thing, right? They're, they're in the ground and whether they live or die is not the end of the world. But when we are making commitments to people, that's a whole mm-hmm. different ball game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Deb, you know, um, here in Franklin, I don't have a yard at all. I live uh, in a townhouse and I'm literally, my backyard is uh, the, the street to go into the garage. So I have, I have no place to plant really anything except a pot here. And one of the things I really wanted to do with my granddaughter was uh, have a garden. And so I tried to get creative, like I was going to call it my mom's garden. And how was I going to get this garden thing going down so Lily and I can grow things together? And I found out there was a community garden uh, in the in the neighborhood here. And I signed up to have a community garden. And when I was awarded a community garden, uh, which I did have to wait for a little while to get it, I was so excited. But there was a lot going on in my life at that time. And I was a little late to the party uh, this summer to get over there and start getting the garden planted. And when I showed up for the first time at the community garden, I knew that I was garden number 37. And so there's there's numbers on the boxes, but I'll tell you, truthfully, I didn't have to look for the number 37. Like it was pretty clear which garden was my garden because the other, what, 30 nine gardeners because there's 40 boxes they had already been to the garden and they had cleared out the growth from the previous year and they had planted their plants and when I showed up there was one box box 37 where the weeds were significantly taller than I was Uh, the one who had stewarded number 37 last year previously had not torn out their garden and so when I got there I was a little bit overwhelmed at how much there was to do. So it took me an entire day. It was super hot. I was sweaty. It was I was gross. I had to tear out all the weeds, fill up trash bags full of weeds. I found that it was infested with bugs. I had to go to the store and buy the bug uh, spray. Then I had to pull up all of the weeds under that. I had to go back to the store to buy new soil. Right now, I'll just picture this. This is a full day investment in order to get this garden to the place where it needed to be. Now, I was super excited about it. And so even though this was a hot, sweaty day, I was like diving all in, giving it all I had because I was so excited about the fact that I was going to have this garden eventually to do with Lily together. But the excitement, how long does it last, right? I mean, especially as it gets hotter and hotter in Tennessee. Yeah, it's, for sure. This is, it's more than the initial... Um, wow, this is going to be amazing. And Lily is going to learn so much through this. Yes. And it will all be fun and we'll always be happy. And it, <laughs> it's like, you got to be in it for the long haul with the yes. garden, right? Because it's yes. the weeding and it's the watering and it's the trimming. And you know, by like end of July, you're like, who cares anymore? Yes, right? yes. So it's like the initial excitement is there, but are you really in there for the long haul? And you're not going to get that tomato in a week. That's right. That's right. right. It's, it's That's the 
the quote joy of gardening, right? It's like <laughs> watching something grow, but you're like, I'm doing all this work and where's the fruit of it? Yes. Because it's not like the first day. Yes, exactly. Because the first day, right, I did all the hard work and then you kind of think you can sit back and the vegetables are just going to grow. But the reality is every other day, I'm supposed to walk to the garden. Now the garden is two miles away and it is already hot and humid in Tennessee. So now I get to the garden and I have to water the plants and the hose, the community hose is by bed number one. Remember I am bed number 37. So let's picture unraveling a hose. I'm walking the hose all the way to 37. It gets kinked. It gets stuck. I have to constantly put the hose down, go back and fix the hose in order to go. I have to water the plants. I have to put the hose back. You you can see this, right? I have to pull the weeds and then I got to walk back home, which is two more miles. You know how this story goes. This journey to the garden, it's uphill both ways, Deb. Like, did your parents ever say that? Is that ever something your dad? Oh my goodness, my dad always said that. So you can just picture, this is a long journey. Every other day I have to do this in order for this garden to grow. It's not quite as fun as it was on day one. All right, I'm just going to blow the whistle on you on something. (laughs) I remember seeing all the cute social media post pictures of (laughs) my mom and Lily and the little wheelbarrow. And yes, that was the opening. I haven't seen any since. I I don't think there's been all these like amazing moments (sighs) worth documenting. I love it. I'm going to have to get some out there. And probably until you get um, a vegetable. That's right. That's right. When she picks something. But that, there's that's... been some time, Laura, that's going under our belt. And I, I think that's what's uh, so true about in these areas of our lives. We're talking about that you need to look ahead. What is going to be required for this garden to be maintained? What's going to be required in our lives in order to keep this commitment up? But I, I am looking forward to some more vid- uh, videos or pictures <laughs> from you to prove that you still have this garden. I mean, we knows? do have it. <laughs> Maybe you have just given up on it. I don't know. Mm. Mm. what's your motivation side note i had to find someone to go to the garden and water it when i was sick right so it's once you take a commitment on Uh you're actually impacting other people too side note there right but there are two things that i have found that really have um kept me walking in the heat back to the garden uh in order to make sure that my garden is growing well actually probably three i really want to do this for lily so that is that is the main motivator there but um we all got an email recently all of us who have these garden plots and we were told that if we are not going to be tending our gardens then we need to basically pull up our plants and go home because there some of our gardens are not looking so pretty anymore and are not being tended well and there is a waiting list to get into this garden community so right there like nobody is telling me to pull up my plants and go home so i am not going to be that woman i am tending my garden well but the other thing that is really spurring me on to make sure that my garden grows and grows well is the day after i got this garden now my husband does not know that i found this particular um, thing on the printer and i don't know if he meant to print it and leave it there for me or if he was going to present it to me at some point in life and if dan if you're listening right now i want you to know i found it on the printer (laughs) Dan likes to write poetry, funny poetry, and he did write a poem um, for me to find the day after I uh, got this garden, and it's called Rest in Pieces. Now, it's it's a poem, kind of an obituary to my garden that doesn't grow. Now, this is the reason I, this garden is going to grow. It says, here lies a bed of weeds, neglected tomatoes, and some dehydrated okra. Predeceased were older green beans along with a sad corn stalk. 
survived by the gardener and her hungry family. <laughs> they, they can be seen at local restaurants enjoying fresh produce grown in faraway lands. <laughs> and then he says there's a celebration on Saturday at the Farkland Farmer's Market if anybody wants to come and pay respects. All right, so my husband does not think that my garden is going to grow. And I do understand that he put this in a humorous way on the printer for me to find. But the reality is I've started gardens in the past. This poem is based on the fact that probably he does want these peppers to grow. And he's kind of spurring me on, Mm -hmm. right? Egging me on because he knows I'm going to find this. and I'm going to be like, oh, no, no, this is not going to happen. So this is what Dan writes for me in order to spur me on. And this is why my garden is going to grow because I am not going to be the one, right? I can look at this kind of like what we just talked about. The one who is um, not tending the garden. I'm not going to be that girl. <laughs> First of all, it sounds like Dan. And I can just, I wish I could watch you, Daniel, right now as you're listening to this. <laughs> you're probably Found just going, out. you're probably like, it worked, it worked. <laughs> but right. Laura, you and I uh, love to talk about um, responsibility in terms of things of stewardship. And I know, I know both of our husbands are really have a passion in this area of being good stewards with what God's given us. Uh, before I share what one of our families, uh, you know, key concepts are, what is, uh, what is one of Dan's favorite passages from the word? Well, Luke 14, uh, talks about the cost of building before you make an investment in something. I do have to say in context, this passage is actually, encouraging us to consider the cost of becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. But as I read this, think about it from that perspective, because that is the actual context. But I do believe we can take these same principles and we can apply them to things in our lives that we are making investments in. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and you're not able to finish it, Everyone who sees it will ridicule you saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish it. You know, building a tower, following Jesus or making an investment in a commitment that he puts before us or puts on our plate, it has a cost. And so I know that that is uh, Dan's, one of his favorite passages uh, when it comes to stewardship or what we're going to invest our time in. You know, in our family, um, stewardship is a big topic because my husband is a wealth manager and boy this is his sweet spot but probably a thing to highlight in context of what we're talking about making decisions uh, as opposed to our time and our energy and our resources and our talents um god owns it all psalm 24 verse 1 the earth is the lord's and everything in it the world and all who live in it we get mixed up, you know, in this idea of stewardship, we think I'm in charge of that garden, right? I'm in charge of all these decisions I make. And that's actually not what a steward is. A steward, stewardship is a, a, it's a mindset. It's a belief system that I am managing the property of something that belongs to somebody else. And who is that somebody else? It's, it's the Lord's. And so everything that I say yes to, yes, I will steward this. Yes, I will um, tend to the, the garden of my choices, right? Yes. What needs to stay, what needs to go, what needs to be nourished in my life. Yes. I am doing that for the Lord. It's not yes. a matter of, um, it's my right to choose how I put things on my plate. It is, 
I'm going to give an account. I'm laughing at you. You're like, you know, if uh, community garden number 37 doesn't do well, you're going to give an account and they're going to give it away. Yes. How yes. much that goes along with the parable of the talents in Matthew, where it's like they, you had that one servant that did not steward well what the master had given yes. to him. And they, he took what he gave him and yep. gave it to those who would do steward things well. And that applies to how we, what we say yes to. You know, if we say yes without really thinking clearly what's going to be involved, um, we will find ourselves in over our head. And that is not being a good steward. And that, man, we just, we talk about that a lot in our house. Yeah, yeah, we do too. Um, I love the visual here uh, from this passage because it says consider the cost or other versions, you know, make an estimate of the cost, count the cost, whatever that might be. Um, of building a tower and that word or consider or count is actually you know in the ancient times they would consider or count by actually using pebbles or small rocks and and putting them into groups right almost like a pro and a con list uh, when you are considering or estimating the cost you can see people with pebbles making piles to figure out or consider the cost of something that they are thinking about doing. And I know we do that in our, our minds or maybe in our journal, but there, I think there's just something when you do something physically, mm -hmm. uh, that's a picture of what you're doing mentally. Just right. think that there's something powerful about that. And then the word cost actually means, uh, do you hold some, what are you holding in your hand? It's almost the idea of like, what are you wearing or you have possession of? And it actually goes into like the possession of your mind, which I think this is big. Like, do you have the emotional uh, or the mental capacity to even finish what you're starting? But there's this there's this visual of um, using pebbles to make sure that you have in possession what you need to do what God has called you to do in this moment. And so even as I think about that picture, that visual, I can kind of see my husband doing that mentally with with the pebbles, right? I'm, I I can see what's going on behind his mind, and I asked him, you know, what stewardship to you? What does this mean to you? And he's this is pretty basic, but my husband was just throwing some things out there, like whatever it is that you're building, whether it's a business or a relationship, you know, don't start something you can't complete, and not just something that you can't complete, but complete with excellence. And mm -hmm. I think that goes back to what you said: it yeah. belongs to God. I'm not in it to complete something for God that is half-heartedly done. Right. I'm right. in it to complete something for God that is done with excellence. And you can't accomplish that without knowing the full cost. And we can even take this right to the cross, right? When when the Lord provided a way for salvation for us, like, A, he completed it and he knew the cost ahead of time. And he still did what he was, you know, Jesus did what he was called to do, knowing the cost that he had. And he finished it. And the benefit that we have, because he finished what he did, uh, we get to live out that salvation. I don't know. I think that it's just a pretty powerful concept. We are stewarding for the king of the universe what belongs to him. You know, I, as believers, how many times have we uh, maybe seeing somebody come to Christ and they're all in, right? It's all in, nothing, leaving everything behind. And people rally behind and they're super excited for them. And they haven't counted the cost of what it's going to be like to really truly follow Jesus. It's not all the fun and games of the, the first, you know, the beginning of that relationship. It's going to take a commitment to see, see through um, continuing to grow and allowing God to pull the things out of your life that 
need to come out. I mean, that's not all. It's some of the Tennessee hot days with the garden, right? It's going to be some times that are really tough. And when people walk away and say, I tried it. It just wasn't for me. I just gave up. It was too frustrating, whatever, right? Other people ridicule them. Mm-hmm. And really it, it sends a message that it's not worth having that kind of relationship with God. Kind of like someone looking at one of the gardens down at your community um, plots and saying that person really didn't care anyway. Mm-hmm. It sends mm-hmm. a message about the person mm-hmm. who was stewarding and it's a reflection on the owner. It's a reflection right. on the right. owner. So we need to be really careful in our hearts. We can be very moved by excitement to say yes to something but we didn't count the cost. And you may think, well, that takes too much time or it costs a lot to count the cost. Actually, it counts a whole lot more. It costs a whole lot more when you don't count the cost. You live That's with right. regret. We don't want to live right. with that kind of regret. That's right. First Corinthians 10 31 uh, says that whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, let everything be done for the glory of God or do everything for the glory of God. And I, I love this passage because Deb, it doesn't say uh, do everything mm-hmm. so that you bring God glory, right? It says that whatever you do, whatever he's given you to do, whatever he's called you to steward, do that for the glory of God. And I think when we look at it from that perspective, we're not called to do it all, Uh -uh. but we are called to steward well what we do for the glory of God. And when we look at it from that perspective, I don't know, I read that verse and I I like want to throw my hands up in the air and like run down the street, literally saying, (laughs) I am free to do only the things that God has called me to do. And I will not do any more. I think it's so freeing to live Mm -hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, when we live out a life of stewardship, according mm-hmm. to the word of God. Mm-hmm. It all comes back to, uh, does God get the glory in it? Mm-hmm. Right. You and I started beyond the building or actually beyond women's conference out of Ephesians where God wants to do increasingly above and beyond what yep. we can ask or imagine and why it brings glory to him. That's right. Amen. And so I think, you know, the question, do we say yes or do we say no? It's God. Have you called me to do this? at this time because if god is not in it he's not initiating it he's not motivating us at it's not going to bear fruit it's not going to be bearing the much fruit that he That's desires right. from his kids we need to sit back and go and what what is my motive for saying yes is yep. it because he is calling me or because i've done this before yes or is it popular am i getting yes. peer pressure to do it is it just new and therefore it's all exciting? Yes. Because we all know that anything new, it doesn't take much time before it's not new. Yes. You know, and it's not quite as exciting. Is everybody doing it or is it just, uh, is it just us? Can we keep it up? I mean, these are like important questions before you go ahead and say, yes, you need to answer those questions. I mean, it comes back to the end of my street. Don't plant the <laughs> yeah. flowers, Debbie, if you're not going to be around. That's the right. Them. That's right. And and I'll tell you something. I walk those dogs a couple of times a day and I have so much peace, right? What looked empty because in the past something was filled there. I have peace when I walk by there and there are mm. plants that are still there. It's not like it's barren. Yeah. Like yeah. There, there are ones that like kind of take care of themselves. You know what I mean? Versus yeah. ones that are high yeah. maintenance right now. And, and it's just freed me up in, in a variety of different ways. I don't have to take care of somebody else. Nobody has to water them when I'm gone because there's nothing yep. there. 
And it, it it's just been nice. It's actually been like this breath of air going, ah, one last thing. That's not where God yes. wants me to focus. So yes. just be careful not to say yes to the commitments or the activities unless we know, number one, that God is leading us. And number two, that I'm going to be able to see it through. Yeah, that's right. And see it through to the end, right? So we need to go back to that scripture that says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. You know, be really clear on that. Now, I am excited, Laura, because our last podcast for the month next week is um, called Stuck at the Buffet. <laughs> and oh, this is going to be a fun one because the talk about decisions, decisions. There is nothing like uh, challenging your ability to make wise choices at an all-you-can-eat buffet. And that's where yes. we're going to be going next week. So thank you, everybody, for joining us in our um, processing. Really, Laura, you and I just keep sharing what we're living through, right? That's right. This, that's is, right. About, this is about us. And Laura will is promising to post more pictures of her garden <laughs> and, and uh, of Lily. Aww. So we're looking forward to it. Thanks for yes. joining us today. We appreciate you guys. We love you. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much. See you soon. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.